We're fucking back. We are fucking back. back. We're back. We're fucking back. All right. As you hear that, that's the man, Mr. Rob Fortune. He's spitting on the ones and twos. All right. So with introduction, (laughs) his favorite sex position is called the Statue of Liberty. Mr. Rob Fortune. Rob, how are you? I was just listening to the Sex Pistols today. They sound great. How are you, Jomo? Fucking fantastic, man. Um, Waiting for this goddamn baby to come out. We're like... You know, mm. we, you know, we're doing like deep bends and squats. We're hoping for the best. Like, you know, come on, get out of there. Let's go. Hell yeah. You got 18 years of slave. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's cancel material. That's that's cancel. All right. We're going to bleep that. Anyway, moving on. Uh, <laughs> he claims Yaki Way is the road of the righteous. Mr. Jeff El Jefe. Uh, you you got me perfectly on that one. Um, I'm happy to be here. I'm on a road trip. Um, we're making our way down to Florida, and there's some remnants of a hurricane down there. So we're about to get as wet as our listeners are going to get with listening to this episode. So I'm still fine. Got him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Jesus Christ. That was pretty good. Yeah, you're right. They're, they're going to get mildly wet, and then it's going to dry up like a Sahara. But anyway... He said, don't pull out until I say so, Mr. Jack Falcon. Weak, bro. Uh, Weak. Could do better. That, that was a sour, too. That, okay, that's why, because it's sour like your asshole. <laughs> it's, was... it's because the beer is mad at you because you gave up drinking besides the podcast, so it, it, it didn't give you the, uh, Only the, doing the it satisfying. Mm-hmm. I just got lo- to lose a little weight, and then we'll be back on the wagon. <laughs> <laughs> You're an I need alcoholic. I need the cum gutters. No, I'm giving up booze. Bro, why? No one, no one likes a quitter. That's true. That's <laughs> true. I'm joking. I'm, I'm a piece of shit. But anyway. All right. All right. What's up? How's everyone doing? Dude, I'm good. I'm good. I'm ready to, ready to get a fuck, Mary kill. Are you ready for a fuck, Mary kill? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. I'm ready. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. So we got Uma Thurman, Rebecca Romaine. And Kristen Milioti. So if you don't know Uma Thurman, obviously Kill Bill, a few other good movies, uh, Dangerous Liaisons if you want some boob action. Uh, Rebecca Romaine, she was married to John Stamos, the Greek god John Stamos. And Kristen Milioti was in a stupid-ass show called um, How I Met Your Mom. I pissed. Okay, I, I know uh, I pissed off a few oh, people. I, I have a direct answer right away if you want me to yeah, go. Yeah, you go I'm first. Sure i go first. You go right, first. So... I'm gonna kill Rebecca Romaine because I clearly can't compete with uh, John Stamos. Um, I was I was gonna marry um, whatever her name is, the lady or Uma Thurman, but she's uh, just gonna have to bang her because uh, you mentioned the mom from How Much Your Mother, and she wins no matter what. So there we go. Uh, oh, yeah. All right. Oh, she's the mom from How I Met Your Mother. I was thinking she was, uh, you know, so I'm half blind. So to me, I thought she was Lily. I was, I was totally re- ready to marry Lily. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I, you know, uh, spoiler alert to people that haven't watched that show, I guess. But, hey, whatever. Red Whoops. Bush. 
Okay, so I uh, I'm lamely gonna give the same answer. Okay, so so I have a spot uh, a soft spot for Uma Thurman. I have good memories. Uh, Jack and I saw Kill Bill in the theaters like multiple times. I think, or at least I went multiple times. You know, so I love her. Uh, she's not like in her young prime anymore, but she, yeah, yeah. I I need that memory, so I'm gonna buff her. I'm gonna marry. Uh, I'm gonna. I'm just gonna pretend that Kristen Malati is Lily. I don't. I, you know. I know that she isn't, but memory will. Uh, imagination will help me there. And then I have no. Uh, other than her connection to John Stamos, I have no understanding of who Rebecca is. So uh, yeah, gonna kill her by elimination. Hey, Rebecca. Okay. Does is is a search engine useless for everybody else except like besides me or including me when you have a safe search turned off? Use... I just type in something sexy. Uma Thurman's sexy, and it's all new. Just like blowjob pics. It's like fappening leaks. Like it's there's nowhere in the middle. So you have to put it to moderate, and then it's it's like fucking what do you call it? Like prude as fuck. All right. So Rebecca Remain, hot as hell. She was in X Men. She played uh, Mystique. I'm banging her. Yeah, there's no competing with John Stamos. He's more of a man uh, than all of us, and he has a better hair, way better head of hair than me. But still, she's smoking hot. I'm banging her. Now, toss up here. Uma Thurman, I love. I love her in Pulp Fiction. She's beautiful. She's in some really uh, meme-worthy uh, movies, too. So anyway, she's hot, but the mother from How I Met Your Mother is so fucking hot and adorable. I'm marrying her. I have to. Uh, she, mm. I could see myself being married to this chick. I mean, she's way out of my league. I'm just saying I could be married to her. So by process of elimination, unfortunately, Uma Thurman is getting kicked off of a fucking bridge. What? Mm. Yeah. yeah, how fucking... It has to happen. First of all, I'm going to give you some good reasons why my fuck is Uma Thurman, okay? Mm -hmm. First off, you mm -hmm. see those hands? Look at her hands. Google Uma Thurman hands. All right. I'm All right. Those are tough hand job hands. They will give you great fucking hand jobs. She looks like she works out. I mean, I, you know, I'm at least going to get a handy out of it, even if she's on her period, all right? Couple <laughs> tugs. You know, no no big deal. You know, you got to take care. Um, Kristen Milioti, uh, I'm going to marry her for the same reason Jack Falcon. She seems like I can get her and I can't get much, okay? And I'm going to kill Rebecca Romaine because this is, I don't know. She She's hot, but she's got, you know, she's got like, you know, squid lips or it looks like a hatchet wound down there. So, <laughs> so Roast uh, beef. Looks like roast <laughs> that beef. Might, might, be, might be too graphic. Yeah, we, we, we went off the deep end. Let's move on. I enjoyed that. Uma, yeah, one more picture. Uma yeah, Thurman's daughter is also my favorite character on uh, Stranger Things. Yo. So we could. Uh, oh, yeah, she was great. She's Robin on Stranger Rebecca Romaine. Tell me you wouldn't fuck that. You're crazy. Yo, look at. Look, I mean, she's probably insane. Yeah, she's batshit insane. I mean, she. <laughs> Look at those hands, bro. Those are tough hand job hands. <laughs> look at yeah. those fucking hands. Those are some big. She's got. She makes me look like a bitch with those hands, bro. <laughs> uh, just with their hands. Yeah, just with the just, it, with everything in life. I'm I'm a disappointment. I'm gonna commit seppuku tonight. It is what it is. Don't do it. <laughs> oh, oh boy. <laughs> I, can I please uh, make everyone's eyes focus on the chat for a second? Oh, okay, let's do it. <laughs> look at that. All I right. was Googling Maya Hawk. Yeah, Maya Hawk. Yo, dude, I would fuck that man. John Stamos is I would I would let him fuck me. I'm not gonna lie. I would let him fuck it's me. No, there's no letting. He would fuck you. Yeah, right. He 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 wouldn't even go shh 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 shh. It would just be like, oh boy. <laughs> and and he lay me yeah. down and that fucking what's that song by the Righteous Brothers? <laughs> that song is playing in the background. It's like from a scene from Ghost where he lays me down and I'm like looking at the yeah, right. ceiling. And there's tears coming down my eyes. He's like, shh, 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 
<laughs> he does it like a man. <laughs> He's gonna fuck me like a man, bro. All right, all right. Jesus Christ, we're having gay thoughts. All right, you can't catch me, gay thoughts. So what are, we, what are we doing this? What, what did we cover this week? Jeff, want to take a story? Oh yeah, I, I, I wasn't sure if you were taking the run of this. So I was striving for to find enough bass for Jack Falcon on this, mm-hmm. on this episode. So I picked a few mm-hmm. punk albums. I'm going to do this Punk Albums Volume 1, because these are kind of all like the classic If Your Toes in the Water Punk Albums, and then mm-hmm. maybe down the line we can do Punk Albums Volume 2, but uh, I, I made this an impossible task of five albums, and I'll let Jack take it from here. All right, we're spinning the wheel. Let's spin, let's spin the, the random wheel. Yeah. All right. Let me spin you spin shit. me right around, baby, right around. All right, it's going. It's going. It's going. What is it? Meat spin. Meat spin. Meat spin. Meat spin. Go, okay. to, meat, go to meatspin.com. Okay, like you're gonna get me. Like I don't know all about that. Like I haven't seen Meat Spin spun to like the thousandth time. <laughs> all right, so landed on the Bouncing Souls. So all the stuff from the blurbs here all comes from Wikipedia. There's a couple things on here, especially I think in the blurb for the Bouncing Souls that I legitimate thought was a troll. Uh, but I looked it up and I think it's real. So anyway, if it's wrong here, it's wrong there. I'm not trying to take anyone's shit without uh, letting people know where it came from. So, let me drop the artwork, and then we'll discuss. You guys can check out John Stamos as you look at that. God damn. Uh, I'm, I'm drinking <laughs> off to his image, but all right. <laughs> all right. How I Spent My Summer Vacation is a 13-track record released in 2001, coming in just over 34 minutes long. It's the band's fifth studio album, reaching number 19 on the U.S. independent charts, the first to feature new drummer Michael McDermott, formerly of Murphy's Law and uh, Skinner Box, and includes the singles True Believers and Gone. The Bouncing Souls were due to support Green Day on their 2001 tour of Japan. However, due to an illness in drummer Michael McDermott's family, the band pulled out. However, they toured Europe as part of the now-defunct annual deconstruction tour. Other bands on the tour that year included Pennywise, Sick of It All, Avail, Boy Sets Fire, Snuff, Catch-22, Lagwagon, Cap Down, and SR-71. That is a band I haven't heard anyone mention in quite a long time. In August 2001, the Souls filmed a music video for True Believers at the famous and now-closed CBGB Music Club in New York City. Between February and March 2002, the band went on tours of the West and East Coast. Alkaline Trio supported the West Coast dates, while Pie Tasters, Strike Anywhere, The Arsons, and The Unseen supported the East Coast shows. Cleveland.com ranked True Believers as no- at number 57 on their list of top 100 pop punk songs and the song Mantham is featured in the video game Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 4. Uh, should we start with Jeff on these or who wants to talk about this first? Yeah, I mean, I can go first on this one if you want me to. Yeah, That's fine. Sure. sure. Um, this is actually the album this week that I knew the least about. I don't even know why I chose it, but I'm happy I did. Uh, that song is a great opener. Lyrics are really good on this album. The speed is really good on this album. Obviously, if you've ever seen Funzel play, we cover True Believers, and the crowd loves it. It's a top-notch song. Actually, on the song True Believers, if you read the the lyrics on Spotify, it kept saying Bleebers, like you're a... Oh, Justin Bieber fan. Yeah, yeah. like a believer, and it really pissed me off. His vocals, like his vocal style isn't the best, but it kind of fits. I kind of love it. The snare drum deserves an award on this album. Background vocals are awesome. Mantham is a great song. I didn't actually know it. I didn't know it wasn't in a video game, but... When Funzel was playing a lot, uh, there was this band that we used to play with called Avley, and we were going to do a joint cover of that song where, where we both played instruments at the same time, but it never happened. The song Streetlight Serenade to No One should be, should be played to no one because it's the worst song on the record. <laughs> um, but the Christ. song Late Bloomer is absolutely amazing. The lyrics are fantastic. 
and gone is a strong closer and i'm happy i chose this week and that's all i got oh yeah mm. i want to answer i want to respond to like 50 of these things i'm trying to keep up okay so, sorry sorry i talk fast my, my <laughs> okay one thing i love about punk week is songs are like 30 seconds two minutes and they're wrapped up they're short and sweet this this record does it as well it's not the short, we don't get short songs like we get on some of the other ones but they're pretty much like around two minutes okay when i talk about singles in bands there's a lot of bands that it's hard for them to make money, especially now, right? Because people just steal all your music and whatever. If they're go it's true that if they're going to buy it, they will. And if they weren't, they weren't going to buy it anyway. However, there's money to get from other sources, right? So all of these records pretty much barely skim the surface of the single world. Uh, ton of these records could have made so much fucking money from it i mean like when you start getting music out in movies on the radio whatever you have to be making money from it so uh this one didn't get done justice single wise there's a song on here the something special one of the fucking best songs on this album against humanity that wasn't a single because there's so many people who probably have never heard it also when you have singles right people might like one song and then if you've only put out one they might not like that one so if you put out another one it's like okay i'm into that let me go check the band out uh so yeah true believers is a fucking awesome song not surprised that it's picked uh, to represent this album uh, bass in the second verse of that song is just my jam song before that private radio uh shame that wasn't a single uh the background singing in it where uh jeff had mentioned there's background singing in this album uh is fucking great i would love to see this album played all the way through and the recording quality of most of these albums including this one is great the bass pops so yeah i have a lot of problem with bass and a lot of records punk seems to be doing it right not only does it sound good like it's loud enough to hear uh, and it's and it has a good tone to it. A lot of the bass in these albums is just fucking going balls to the wall, which is great. So yeah, Mantham, I don't think I've ever heard that song. I've never played Tony Hawk 4, but I can see that song fitting the soundtrack perfectly. I've played the other Tony Hawk games. They have a very punky soundtracks. So, like The soundtracks of Tony Hawk games are very well known by people. There's memes about them, uh, but they have a, like, a lot of great songs on them. Uh, it's Mantham is a, is a great song. Make it a single, make more of that fucking money. You're already putting it out to, to a soundtrack. Fucking just put it everywhere. So this album ends with the song Gone. I think it's a good ending to this record. Uh, it's better than some songs to pick for a single. And I can see people loving that song. I can pe see people saying Gone is their favorite song by, by this band. Um, but I, I think there are better choices on here personally. Rob, what do you think of this record? So I love this uh, record. I, I was trying to think if this was my first or second favorite this week. It's it's close. And I'm going to say it's my second favorite. Okay, so um, between this and the other one, the number one, um, maybe this band is like a little less uh, original than the other one. But like this band puts me in a good fucking mood. Like uh, one of my all-time favorite bands is Blink-182. It's not super technical. It's not super original, but it puts me in a good fucking mood. And like, what's what's better than that? I mean, like we're on life for a short period to have a good time. So like a band that puts you in a good mood, that's fucking cash in your pocket, spiritually speaking. But yeah, like uh, something special. Fucking love that song. Uh, you know, I was thinking in my head, like this band's probably less catchy than my favorite, but um. 
Uh, I'm thinking that to myself, and then uh, I realized I have private radio in my head. So it's like, yeah, this band is catchy. It puts me in a good fucking mood. Yeah, the dual vocals, the, the like, the guitar leads. One of my complaints about punk in general is uh, p- punk can be like in a rush to the finish line. Like there is stuff that I wanted to hear more times. I wanted to, it to breathe a little bit more. This album breathes. There, you know, it, g- it gives you a minute to like, you know, take it all in. I fucking love this record. Uh, and that's it. So, uh, Streetlight Serenade. I, I actually, I think I want to see that song live. Jeff said, uh, what, what did you say about it? You're not a fan, right? I shouldn't, it's, it's, trash. no, it's, yeah, there you go. <laughs> it's it's trash. Okay. Uh, song Better Life, yeah, has great lead guitar and the lead guitar in that song and the bass like work really well together. Banger of a song. Uh, so the song in here, Broken Record, the line where he says, Nowhere to run for myself, nowhere to hide from the truth. And I was surprised how much love this song specifically got in the comments section when I was watching it on YouTube. A couple comments this song helped me get through some depressing times in my life. This song always rings true when I feel lost. One of the most beautiful songs I've ever heard. I can definitely relate, especially where I'm at in my life. So a lot of people love that song, a lot of people get a lot from it. And another absolute banger of a song on here is Breakup Song. It's fucking an amazing song. Uh, The speed of the verse works perfectly with just that banger of a chorus. And that is another one that just needs to be a single. Jomo, what do you think of this album? Bro. Uh, All right. So Bouncing Souls are okay. It was, I'll be honest, guys. This is like my least favorite album of this week. It just felt. I, I I don't know. I'll think of the word when I'm when I'm done writing this. Uh, when I'm done spewing this shit out of my ass. Um, it felt like if Green Day w- actually sounded good, though. I will give them that. <laughs> um, there were so many great bands this week that it, it made it hard to like say, well, which is a top tier band, which is actually a good band. Um, for me, I just boiled it down to one thing: that the Bouncing Souls album, like, it wasn't bad. Would I buy this album? No, I would download LimeWire and give my computer cancer before I buy this album. <laughs> but it was not bad. To me, to sum it all up, you know, it, 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 it's generic in the sense of the, the way I've listened to punk music and maybe my palate isn't as refined as you guys with when it comes to punk music, but it's not awful. So I would say that the Bouncing Souls album, you know, it, it's, it's, it's okay, but how I spent my summer vacation kind of felt just generic okay there's a song on here lifetime and i think the singing in that song is nothing short of incredible it could be the best singing on this album uh it's got that fast punk drumming that i miss actually i fucking love it uh song on here late bloomer starts off with an acoustic guitar and the recording quality of it is fantastic and i was hoping that it would kind of stay stripped down and not be a full band to give us a change up through here um however the band comes right in and the song is still great it's just i was hoping for something a little bit different uh to break up the the flow that we have going on and lastly a song on here no comply okay a song like that takes teamwork it takes time being in a band uh to make songs like that everything is on point everyone is on point it's one of the best songs on the album and what there there's there's just like not every song i hear by every band it's like okay this is everybody contributing and being at the top of their game and that song no comply for this band th- that's their song all right let's read some youtube comments and we'll move on First one says, this is a lost masterpiece, as most people will never know its greatness. Uh, Has been my favorite album for 12 years, and it'll never change. This aged remarkably well. I'll put it up there with, and out come the wolves. Uh, This band never fails to save me. And lastly, I can say without a doubt in my mind that this is one of my top three favorite albums of all time, Perfection. Does anybody else 
or does anybody want to say anything more about how I spent my summer vacation before we move on? I was going to do this at the end, but uh, rank this rank this album out of the five uh, for the bass. Ooh, do at the end, but go oh, ahead. Mm. I'll tell One you straight up. Uh, I'll tell you what is number one is uh, an outcome <laughs> yeah, of wolves. Yeah, we'll get there on that. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's number one by a fucking landslide. No way. Um, I don't, well, bass wise. Yeah, I, I I just have a differing opinion, but let's get to it when we cover uh yeah. that yeah. that band, okay? Yeah, okay. I kind of have one like a way above everyone else. I'm not exactly sure where this falls, but it is good. The recording quality is fucking great on this album. Should we spin the wheel? Meat spin right round. Don't forget to go to meatspin.com. Uh, if you guys go to meatspin.com, you can see the wheel that we're spinning. So. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They are they are a sponsor of this episode. <laughs> meatspin.com, sponsor of the Brodasuns. <laughs> All right, we're spinning. Okay, uh, Dropkick Murphys. Oh, nice. Let me drop this in the chat. What do you think of that uh, album artwork, Jomo? It's fucking, it's, you know, I, I got a special guest uh, to come on this episode to talk about this um actually he's 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 from the the city of boston but it's nice yeah. it, it looks very very union and they look they look like they work hard and slap their wives after work so yeah probably yeah, all right do it everybody's shirts are tucked in except for the big guy <laughs> except yeah. for the big guy <laughs> <laughs> uh do or die is a 16 track record released in 1998 coming in just over 40 minutes long it's the band's debut studio album and contains a single barroom hero it is the only album to feature original lead vocalist mike mcholgan who went on to become a fireman before forming his own band the street dogs all music gave do or die a rating of three stars out of five and said that it was an interesting blend of hardcore style punk with traditional irish influences the record has continued to live on in popular media including a do or die poster on the wall of john connor's bedroom in the pilot episode of terminator the sarah Con- the sarah connor chronicles uh barroom hero being used in the final credits for the docu- documentary Actually, I don't know how to pronounce this documentary. I meant to look it up. So whatever it is, we'll never know. (laughs) Never Alone being featured in the video game Dave Miro Freestyle BMX and Cadence to Arms being featured in the season one episode of The Sopranos College. Guest appearances include Swingin' Utters on the track Skinhead on the MBTA and John Allen of Big Bad Bollocks contributing vocals and tin whistle to Fairway Coast. Uh, Rob, what do you think of this record? It's fun that you mentioned uh, the Street Dogs because uh, uh, when I was in Funzel, we listened to the Street Dogs a bunch, and I remember liking them. Uh, I haven't like thought about them in a long time, but that's a good memory. So I'll say this is my this is probably my third favorite of the week. It's fun. I think people like the Dropkick Murphys. So I th- I, what I was about to say is I think people make fun of bagpipes, think bagpipes are awful. I think it's fun. And, you know, some people are like, you know, uh, I've heard people say awful thing about having keyboards in punk. Like they don't mix. But like, I, I fucking think keyboards belong everywhere, including punk. I think fucking punk is good with uh, fucking bagpipes and all kinds of shit. So I think this album is fun. Uh, I, and I like the Irish drinking song feeling of certain songs. But yeah, when I when I. OK, so uh, we, we're talking about like is is pop punk like the the gay sounding less original uh, version of punk like i remember back in the day people <laughs> thinking uh you know pop punk is for like uh you know the wrong crowd or whatever i would never be caught dead listening to pop punk because that's for that type of you know i don't know i fucking love pop punk so do i love do i prefer major key happy sounding punk or do i like prefer like the more hardcore punk dirt dirty gritty 
Uh, I'm probably more of a pop punk person. I don't give a fuck what that means about my sexuality or whatever. <laughs> mm. Yeah. So, anyways, this this one's in the middle for me, exactly the middle. Uh, I I like the pop punk feeling of a couple of these other albums that we listened to. Uh, this one's a little bit darker, but there's also like fun bagpipes and stuff. So, exactly in the middle for me. That's it. Okay. So the bagpipe thing. There was definitely parts in my life when I heard a bagpipe and was like, I hate that. Uh, I think that this band does it right. I was not expecting the recording quality of this album to be as good as it is. It sounds incredible. Um, the only thing I really knew about Dropkick Murphys was probably Shipping Up to Boston, which is like the number one pump-up song of all time. Like I've said, don't play that song around me if you want your house to be left standing. I will burn it down and wreck the foundation if you play that song while I'm in your home. Uh, so the energy of this album is great. Guess the blood pumping. It's like 15 Jock Jams records rolled into one. <laughs> So my my only gripe with this album is it gets very samey for me after a while. It's 40 minutes, which isn't the longest that we have here, or maybe it is the longest. It is, it's on the longer side, uh, but it does get samey for me uh, after a while. There are a couple tracks in here that are kind of placed right at the right points, like Far Away Coast, and uh, there's another one other one somewhere i can't remember uh and they they do break up there's things that are full acoustic songs uh and i i i think that they are put in the right spots for it one of them is is put a little further down i think that if you i think this this track listing could just be reworked a hair to make it flow a bit better you have kind of two styles here you have like the balls out uh, balls to the wall style songs and then you have th those slowed down ones so when we talked about wu-tang i was saying that i just loved their style of music and the way that just happens to be the the way they got their group together that it makes sense for them to have the style that they have whereas that style wouldn't exactly work for other other groups or other bands i love this band style i love the bagpipes i it's every, there's just so much energy the song do or die is just relentless it's just and i just love that the band style this album opens with cadence to arms which is a bagpipe playing by itself and then halfway through the full band comes in and i hope and i'm pretty sure that this is how they open shows at least at this time and but there's just something like about the bagpipes playing and then the band coming in that you know that show has to be insane uh it's a perfect way to open the record there's a song on here never alone which i love the main guitar riff of and i think everything in that song flows really well and it has to kill live now another gripe i have there's a song memories remain i think musically that song fucks really hard right mm -hmm. but it's ruined for me because the singing sounds like colin mockery when he sings on whose line is it anyway <laughs> and Jesus i can't Christ. stop picturing that when i listen to it so it's ruined. I can't listen to it anymore. Uh, and I don't know why. I don't know when. Uh, I don't know which came out first. But regardless, it's tainted because Colin Mockery, I listened to a lot of his singing stuff because it's so ridiculous. And it's just, I, I, I can't unhear it now. Jomo, what do you think of this record? All right. So I got Mikey the Townie. He's here from uh, Charlestown. All right. Mm hmm. Yeah, so a fucking dude, bro, Scotland the fucking brave should make any man cry. If you don't listen to fucking Dropkick Murphys, all right, kid, mm -hmm. you're fucking wrong. So what you do mm -hmm. is you go to Dunks, you get a fucking medium mm -hmm. coffee, and you get a fucking bagel or donut, whatever you like to fuck at night with your mother. And, mm -hmm. and you play that fucking song, all right? The, the mm -hmm. fucking Caden song is legit. You see, stop fucking humming and listen to me, kid, all right? <laughs> I don't like Mike McCoolgan's fucking voice. There's no whiskey. There's no fucking raspy cigarette voice on this album, kid. 
I don't fucking like the album artwork. It reminds me of the time when Billy McLadden, he got his job working at fucking uh, the Big Dig, you know, when we fucking had to dig up all of fucking Boston. We want... The, we went to like a fucking Sox game every week, kid. It was fucking wicked sick, bro. We put this album on in 2004, bro, when the Sox took the World Series. It was sick fucking... It was wicked pisser, kid. You know, and I went to Mass after that weekend, you know, I had to atone for all the fucking drinking, the sinning, and the coke. So... I'll keep it short because, you, you know, fucking Jomo didn't pay me shit to fucking be on here. All right. My favorite song is fucking Barroom Hero. It's fucking it reminds me of the time where I got herpes in fucking Charlestown. And then I fought the guy in the bathroom. It's the anthem of fucking fighting in Charlestown, kid. Get out here. All right, guys. It was a pleasure. <laughs> pleasure. How's your doing business with you? And that's all, folks, because we can't top that the rest of the, uh, rest of the episode. Yeah, yeah, all right. Done. It was nice seeing you guys. <laughs> Wow. Mike, I don't know how long Jomo practiced that. Mike the Townie. Gotta love Mike the Townie. I don't know what you're talking about. That was Mike the Townie, man. Yeah, Mike the Townie. It was nice, it was nice to have you on. We could also have Adolf hit, uh, Schwarzenegger back on. <laughs> he'll, he'll come back at some point. Yeah, for yeah, sure. So, back. yo, Barroom Hero, right? Yeah, that is a banger of a song. Um, but I think, I think more it's just the band's style that's really infectious. Uh, bagpipes are in that song. Everything ties together. It's a perfect a song to, to have a single to put out this record to the fucking public. There's a song in here, Finnegan's Wake, which has an introduction before the song starts, before the band kicks in. Uh, it's a great idea because if you play that song live, everybody is able to kind of be on the same page when the band kicks in. Uh, so that stuck out to me. Far Away Coast, that's one that I was saying that's it's placed exactly where it needs to be. It's not a full band because they're not needed there. A uh, song after that is called Fight Starter Karaoke. It's not my favorite song, but the chorus was stuck in my head for a, quite a while this week. Uh, oh, also, Jomo, who, wh- what was that? the guy's name? Mike. Mike the Townie, bro. He's he's a great guy. You said you got. He said he got herpes and then fought the guy in the bathroom. Yeah. Did he get herpes from a guy? Um, I think he said it was his cousin. Um, or something like that. <laughs> I, don't, I don't. I don't remember what the fuck happened. All okay. I know is all right, all right, the right. herpes is on his asshole. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. I thought it was like uh, on his mouth. Uh, Jeff, what do you think of this record? Some people say that this album is what officially made me a man. Mm-hmm. There's mm-hmm. like there's pictures of me like freshman year of high school wearing a shirt from this album. Obviously, like it's like one of the first punk albums I ever got into. Mm-hmm. I always talk about like if I'm if I'm gonna get my knuckles tattooed, I want them to say "Do or Die." Only problem is that one of my hands would say the word "door." <laughs> Pretty embarrassing. <laughs> so a lot of the stuff we already said, but the title track gets me amped up. Never Alone is a great song. Kanajar is fantastic. Uh, Road of the Righteous is essential. So this band, a little bit before this, was actually like challenged by their friends to become a band. The bass player Ken, who's kind of like the famous Jackie Murphy's guy now, he actually had to learn bass to record this album. Like they got picked up and like taken on tour by the uh, Mighty Mighty Boston's, but they had to leave the light on for while they were playing, so the dude could like read his notes taped onto the back of the bass because he could he didn't know what he was doing. <laughs> The song Barroom Hero was actually the first one they ever wrote. It was actually like a like like I said, it was a dare by their friends. Guitar player was only in this only in this band for this album and the next album. I, lo- I love it. The the Funzel song, uh Stand Up Start a Fire. I wanted to call it Fire Starter Karaoke, but those assholes wouldn't let me after the song. He thinks about beer he thinks about beer ball beer balls ruling his life. I have no idea what that means. Um <laughs> I love this. It was uh Finnegan's Wake is a cover, but it was my favorite song in high school. Always on the docks. Uh, they play that song a lot faster live, but I love this version of it. I saw them a few years ago play at Fenway Park, and they played 
like this version of the of the song Boys in the Docks, and the crowd went crazy because they never ever do that. A story about that: Ken, the bass player, had his car stolen from that show, which is hilarious. The dude's like the most famous dude in Boston. He gets his car stolen out of Fenway Park while he's playing a show there. I think it was wow. Mike the Townie who fucking took his shit. Yeah, bro. exactly. <laughs> um, and then the last thing I was gonna say is the song Skinhead, uh, Skinhead on the MBTA. It's 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 also a cover of a traditional song, but like much faster. They still play it last every show, and uh, it's like part of the rider for the uh, venue to let them play. That that the crowd is gonna bum rush the stage and like run up on stage. They actually play like standing on top of their amps and shit, so they get out of the way. And uh, yeah, I love it. It's my story. Wow. So skinhead, skinhead on the MBTA is one of the best songs on the album, right? It closes this record out perfectly, and the way they close it out is it feels like the end of a show because there's like a bunch of drunk people singing uh, at the end of the song, which is a great idea. And I'm not surprised that they do play this last because it just feels like it's meant to be the end of the thing where everyone can contribute and then y'all are drunk as balls and, and make your way home. By the way, yeah, this this record will put hair on your sack. So this, sure. I can see this be making you a man. Mm -hmm. uh, Boys on the Docks has collapsed for percussion. Uh, it's another really different song. That's another one that I was saying that it breaks things up. Could have been put a bit earlier. It's the second to last song. Uh, I think, if it, again, if you just rework the track listing a little bit more, I think it would be less samey than, than it is. Uh, they have a great style. It's just the style is on quite a bit uh noble uh, it has this great solo bass they actually do that quite a bit on this record doesn't get old for me just give me more bass solo don't give a shit uh i love it and yeah this i i was overly surprised by how much i like this album and how great the recording quality is uh, let's read some youtube comments and we'll move on uh, in my opinion this is the best murphy's album ever made next one says this is just perfect not a bad song on it boy i forgot how terrific that's this record is uh, this album reaches right into your soul so much spirit and lastly i have never played a cd more in my life and never will does anybody else want to say anything about do or die before we move on this is funzel 101 <clears throat> it's uh listen to a funzel record listen to this record and you're like oh we stole this oh yes. we stole this <laughs> nice let's spin the wheel I want to remind the listeners this is sponsored by meatspin.com. Mm -hmm. go, go there to uh, to buy to buy our merch. Uh, okay. Uh, next is all. Part of my write up here is going to be kind of a a history lesson because Jomo, do you know who the band All is? So All came from uh, like three members of the Descendants, and basically yeah. there since Descendants went. Not on a split, but I guess a like a hiatus because uh, you know Milo fucking left the band to go study in college. They basically started this band, um, and this band has better bass than fucking Rancid. That's all I'm gonna fucking say. That's me clapping and agreeing with you. Yeah, exactly. You see how Jack Falcon shut the fuck up? <laughs> Learn your place, boy. I have no re I have no rebuttal. <laughs> all right, all right, all right, all right. All right, Mass Nerder is a 16-track record released in 1998, coming in just over 30 minutes long. It's the band's seventh studio album and contains the single Worlds on Heroin. The cover artwork drawn by Chris Sherry marked the return of the band's Allroy character, who had been absent from their cover since 1990. The group was formed by three members of Descendants, Bill Stevenson, Carl Alvarez, and Stefan Edgerton in 1987 when Milo 
Uckerman left to pursue a graduate degree in biochemistry, forcing the band into a hiatus. They adopted the title of the Descendants' last studio album, All, as their official moniker. All lived in a small office complex and toured nearly nonstop. The second vocalist for the band, Scott Reynolds, left in 1993. He was replaced by vocalist Chad Price, who would appear on their fifth studio album, Breaking Things, in 1993. In mid-1996, All began working on their next, then-untitled studio album. At the same time, Ackerman was considering uh, to permanently reunite the Descendants and was beginning sessions for the band's next album, 1996's Everything Sucks. All joined Ackerman for the sessions where they played demos of the Descendants' songs. Price and Ackerman would then split the album into two and took turns picking songs for Everything Sucks or Mass Nerder. The band recorded a total of 18 tracks, of which only four would make it onto Mass Nerder. Uh, Vita Blue, Silence, Until Then, and As Good As My Word. Uh, as a result, Price wrote 12 completely new songs in 1996 and 1997. Silence was originally chosen by Ackerman and was intended to be sung as a duet with Price, but was ultimately given to all before Everything Sucks was finished. Mass Nerder was finally recorded at the Blasting Room in Fort Collins, Colorado between December 1997 and January 1998. Jomo, what do you think of this record? Dude, like I said, this album fucks harder than any album we listened to this week. All right. This album made me question like punk tempo, bass. It's like, yo, these guys are fucking. Why are these guys less famous than the Descendants? Why are they less famous than fucking Rancid? They're in. And, and, and to my respect, like, I am I, not huge in the punk scene, but gathering by like fucking record sales and shit like that and, and just touring and all that, I, I don't think they get the same press that, let's say, the Descendants and Rancid and Drop and all the bands we listen to this fucking week, right? But their Worlds on Heroin is just like a fucking insanely good goddamn song. I like my head nearly split apart just listening to that fucking song. This was I, I would say the band that surprised me the most because I didn't listen to them. I I listened to the Descendants, you know, before we ever listened to the show. Well, we ever started this show and we even did this episode, but I didn't even know about all till I was like this week. I was like, you know, taking a shit and I was like flipping on my phone like oh that's that's pretty funny like i didn't know that these guys came from the fucking descendants man this is pretty pretty interesting and the band itself man they just fuck hard you know what i'm saying these guys got johnny sin's dicks and they're slapping cheeks hard as shit this is like the bass the bass slaps harder than fucking rancid i mean it's just fucking heavy as shit man like I want to say like my favorite song is Fairweather Friend. It's just this raw fucking energy that this fucking band puts out. The like the bass I do want to talk about on Honey Peeps. Did everyone fucking listen to that goddamn song? Oh, yeah. Did everyone and, and did it make you want to like shove something up your ass because you didn't believe what was happening in this world and you just had to bring yourself <laughs> back to reality? That's what that fucking song did. <laughs> and that's why I went to the when hospital. I, when I have to bring myself back to reality, I shove something up my ass. Usually, usually. But all I have to say usually. is, to sum up this fucking album, it is insane. The the fucking talent, the instrumentals on this fucking goddamn. Oh my god, this album rock. The vocals, the lyrics, everything was fucking just great. And just the energy for this fucking music, man. It's uplifting. It's it's heavier than the Descendants, but it's still got the fucking talent. And if you don't listen to all, do yourself a favor. Listen to fucking all. 
Yeah, Honey Peeps uh, is very possibly the best song on the album. Great singing in it as well. There's a song in here, Perfection, that has bass that rips as well. Uh, another one of the best songs on it. So, okay, recording quality of this record is great. Uh, I love Chad Price's vocals. I think they're great. I love the cover art. So, okay, I've talked about only scratching the surface with singles. There's one single on this album. It's fucking criminal. These dudes should be able to afford a mansion in space with the profits from this record alone. <laughs> sure. Every song on here should have been a single. Um, I did listen to this quite a bit in the early 2000s. Jeff must have shown me this. Uh, yeah. I remember quite a bit of songs on here. So Fairweather Friend, I think the, the singing and the music is great, but the lyrics are kind of too lame for me. Worlds on Heroin is a great opener. It's a classic pop punk, punk song. Very catchy. It lyrically weirds me out, though, because you know how, like, when people are talking about the ocean, they'll be like, they'll use ocean terms, you know, to like, kind of like puns or whatever, like when they're talking about it. Like, neon when he's terms? talking about the world. Yeah, well, yeah, you know, I'm trying to think of when they talk about something like falling down, they'd be like, oh, rolling over. I don't know, that kind of dumb shit. They use, I don't know, whatever. They use, they use words that are like going with the subject. Wow, your autism's uh, really showing right now. Yeah, my, yeah, it's off the charts right now. Anyway, so, but he's talking about the world being on heroin. So he says, if I had my way, I'd prefer everyone was on speed. I'm so sick of no can do uh, and the failures you can see. At any rate, from the looks of things, everyone's nodding out but me. The world's on heroin. And everyone acts like a zombie. I don't know. This shit weirds me out. Like the whole nodding out thing. We've talked about that before with other people. I don't know. It weirds me out. Uh, I'll get there. Love the song. Easy single, easy money. Life on the road. 35 seconds. Song is fucking chaos. I love it. I want a 10 minute loop of it. Uh, there's another song that's like 30 seconds as well. But I there's there's tons of crazy things going on in this album, and I love it. It's it, when I there was a Green Day song I remember hearing. I can't remember the name of it. Uh, it was later stuff, like maybe eight years ago. Uh, Revolution Radio, I think it was on that. I remember they played the chorus like six times in the single that was on the radio, and it's like okay, we don't need to hear this chorus six times. These guys have a song that's 35 seconds and i love it i love that shit when no one cares like hollow teeth has songs that are like 90 seconds and th because that's all it needs to be we've mm -hmm. done what we wanted to do mm -hmm. it doesn't need to now i did say i wanted to hear the 35 second song on loop for 10 minutes which i know is a longer version of it but still it's it's awesome uh Jeff, <laughs> tell us about this record this is the almighty for me this is like i love this album so much i could go on and on i actually have a tattoo from the cover of this album uh, it's a banger from the start. I think Chad Price's vocals are not only the best of of all the all singers. I think it's the best of any band that we that we listened to this week. But Chad Price kills it. I've never got a chance to see them. The world's on heroin was written about Westfield now, which is pretty funny. <laughs> Sad. Um, the rhythm <laughs> section is untouchable. Christ. Like we've <laughs> <Jesus> <laughs> the rhythm. <laughs> Uh, the rhythm section is untouchable. Um, I'll get there is amazing. I love the guitar work on Perfection. Oh, the song Until I Say, I love it, love it, love it. Um, actually, if you were to go back and find my MySpace, uh, three things would happen. A, you would give Tom from MySpace the biggest chub that someone was still using the site. Mm -hmm. B, your computer would probably get some kind of virus because you're using MySpace. But most importantly, you would find that, that, that this song was the song on my MySpace way back. I love it. Mm -hmm. uh, so many sing-alongs on this album. The World is Great. It's a great song for like high school mixtapes. The bass kills it in every song. Honey Peeps is an all-timer. The lyrics are kind of cringy, but good. And Vita Blue is awesome. Until Then is awesome. And that's and then I, and then I wrote, you know, I might like the Descendants more as like a whole, but this album is better than any Descendants album. 
Ooh, shit. Nice. Ooh. Yeah, so until I say so, that song could have raked in $10 million. I said, uh, I said, uh, Honey Peeps could be the best song on the album. Until I say so, also could be the best song on the album. Uh, Greedy is the other song that's just chaos, refreshing, give me more, give me a whole album of 30 second songs. Uh, uh, Think the World. I'm pretty sure that's one of the songs from this record that I remember from listening to it back in the day and loving it. Uh, and then Refrain has great guitar playing in it, and the chorus is catchy as fuck. So, uh, Jeff had mentioned Vita Blue, uh, which is a great song. I would love to see it live. Uh, easily, easily one of the best songs on the album. And then Until Then, which is another of the best songs on here. I guess you could say that for pretty much every song here. Um, and I think that song Until Then actually should have ended this record. Uh, Rob, what do you think of this album? So, um, yeah, I agree that the vocals on this album are like the best of all five. Like he, he harmonizes with himself well, and he's like a, how do I say this? He's like a creative singer. Like when I hear like this amount of like chaos in the background, I don't have like busy ideas over it. So like, I don't like, so I think he's like, uh, like an inventive guy to be able to, there's a temptation. Like when, when you have like a busy ass music, there's a temptation to either follow it like Ozzy Osbourne or do something like bland and monotone on top of it so for him to like do what he does on top of it i'm impressed yeah i think i think like the uh drums bass and guitars it kind of reminds me of like progressive rock in that uh there's a lot of variation to it there's not a lot much repetition and like there's so many like fills I don't know if you call them fills exactly, but like, yeah, I don't know. They're pretty progressive in the way they write their instruments. And it's not just random bullshit. Like they, they're organized in the way they do it. But yeah, to me, this is not catchy music. This is not, this is my least favorite of the five. Oh, uh, that's it. <laughs> uh, one, of the, one of the songs on here, Silly Me, was one that at one point I couldn't care less about, but it has grown on me. There's a song here called Romantic Junkie. It's about somebody who is uh, selling drugs and everyone wants to fuck them. You're so cool. I want to be just like you. You're so smooth. The girls all want to fuck you. So there's a lot of drug talk in this album. Uh, and then at the very end of the song, it's this person has been selling drugs and they're kind of... Um, all, everyone wants to fuck him because they they want the drugs from him. Uh, at the end, he starts getting addicted to drugs and it says, now you're giving head just for your fix. It couldn't get much better than this. Uh, so that song kind of weirds me out as well. Uh, last two songs in here, Good Is My Word, might be the only song in the album that I don't care about. Uh, bass is some of the best on the album, though. And lastly, Silence. Ends the record. I love the song. I would like to hear this with Milo in it. Um, I think that they would work, work well together. And it's a good song. Like I was saying, I do think... Um, uh, until then should have ended this album uh, let's, let's read some youtube comments this is easily one of the most important albums for me every song is in this is a nostalgia trip all is the greatest punk band ever next person says wonderful songs big hooks great production tight performance etc etc still trying to work out why all never got their dues it's so sad uh, being someone that is a fan of everything Descendants and all for the majority of my life, I have to admit that this is my favorite all album. Every song is just so fucking good. Uh, they were at the top of their game. And lastly, the most Descendants sounding of the all records. Is there anything that anybody else wants to say about Mass Nerder before we move on? Best album this week. Nice. All right, let's spin the wheel. <laughs> Oh, Two left. Yeah. Spin that shit. It's, it's a coin. It's a coin flip. I'm just going to uh, meatspin.com to to spin the wheel. M E A T I N dot com sponsored us. One they word. Are, they are the the sponsor of the channel. One word. No hyphens. Okay. 
It landed on Descendants. Ooh. Let me drop. Let me drop the artwork. Okay, we ready? Milo yeah. Goes to College is a 15-track record released in 1982, coming in just over 22 minutes long. It's the band's first full-length studio album. Milo Goes to College was Descendants' last record up until 2021's Ninth and Walnut to feature founding guitarist Frank Nevetta. Nevetta quit the band during this time, burning all his musical equipment and moving to Oregon to become a professional fisherman. Its title refers to singer Milo Ackerman's decision to leave the band to attend college. He enrolled in El Camino College for one year, then attended the University of California, San Diego from 1983 to 1985, where he studied biology. Its cover illustration, done by Jeff Rat Atkinson, introduced a caricature of Milo that would go on to become the band's mascot. The Milo character would continue to be reinterpreted by other artists for the covers of future releases, including 1985's I Don't Want to Grow Up, 1996's Everything Sucks, 1997's I'm the One and When I Get Old, 2004's American and Cool to Be You, and 2016's Spaz Hazard. The album's mix of fast and aggressive hardcore punk with melody and semi ironic love songs led to being considered one of the most significant of the early 1980s Southern California hardcore movement. All four band members made songwriting contributions, and it is considered by many to have kickstarted the pop punk genre. In the decades since its release, it has been cited as a favorite by several notable artists and musicians, including NoFX's Fat Mike, the best singer in history. Shut the Shut fuck up. up. uh okay i've definitely heard this record before uh jeff it was recently jeff like well i don't know recently to me is like 10 years ago uh i don't know sometime in the relative relatively recent past jeff told me to listen to this and i did Uh, i loved it then i love it now there's no bullshit on this album there's 15 songs in 22 minutes there's no padding there's no bloating uh it's right to the punch i love milo's voice it's fucking great. It has aged incredibly well. Uh, the bass pops in this album and it flows really well. There's hooks all over the place. And there's so many different ideas going on in this album that it wasn't surprising to me to see that everybody was contributing. Uh, I would imagine at this point, this was probably the band's set. Uh, and then this artwork is so iconic and it reminds me of something from the newspaper like funny section i love it i think it's great uh great song to open up they open up with is this pronounced myage how do you pronounce this song joe yeah myage myage okay <laughs> great song to open it up uh great uh song to open a live show so much stuff packed into two minutes uh and everything about that song is catchy i'm not a loser is one of my favorite songs in this album uh the song parents i bet the song kills live uh and then there's a song here uh Tonyage. I don't know how to pronounce most of these. Oh uh, the changing beats is one of my, I've talked about how I love the changing drum beats and songs. Uh, it happens in here. It's one of my favorite, uh, most memorable, memorable parts of this album. Uh, Jeff, what do you think of this record? I can go on and on, but I won't bore you with all the details. Just watch, uh, there's, there's a documentary called Filmage that kind of dis- explains everything. It's awesome. The band legitimately broke up after this, like you said, because Milo did go to college and became an actual rocket scientist. Uh, he he didn't want to lose the uh, the magic of music because he didn't want it to become his career. So he actually went and got rocket scientist career. Uh, the album slaps you in the face right from the first bass part. Uh, Tony, the original bass player in this album, was actually 20 years older than the rest of the dudes in the band. When interviewed on Filmage, he says that he would practice bass by taping fishing weights to his to his arm to increase the speed. Um, so believe that if you want to believe that. Ooh. Uh, Bill's drumming obviously changed my life for this band, all Black Flag. He's just iconic. I have an I'm Not a Loser tattoo. We won't play that song live anymore because they think that it aged wrong, so take that as you want to take it. 
song was written by Frank, the old bass player, or the old guitar player. Catalina is not my favorite song, but a lot of my friends think it's actually the best song on the record. Bourbon Home is, everyone's probably heard that song already. The bass rips on Statue of Liberty. Lyrics are awesome on Hope and Bikeage. Bikeage is one of the greatest songs ever, which I'm sure that we're, that we're going to talk about. It should be preserved in time and then uh, showed in colleges. And then uh, I love this album. And if you like this album, listen to Everything Sucks because it's awesome too. That's all. No, yeah, I'm going to check that record out. Yeah, Bikeage is one of the best songs on the album. It's one that it's, I've loved it since I've, I first ever heard it. It uh, should be one of the most popular songs in the 1980s. It's, it's fucking great. I love that song. Suburban Home also. I want to be stereotyped. I want to be classified. One of the best songs on the record. Instantly memorable. Just awesome. There's a song in here called Kabuki Girl. Uh, it was stuck in my head for a while. So Kabuki is a classical form of Japanese dance drama. And... I, I can't remember the band who I thought was going to fall into the trap, uh, but they didn't. There's a part in the song where he says, don't say sayonara. I want to see you tomorrow. And that to that's me, that's you... Yeah, I know. No, no, I know that is. There was, okay. there, was a, a, there was a line where it was something like a setup was like that. I can't remember who it was. And I thought they were going to fall for that trap. Like you got to be hit with a stick for that. That worthy be hit with a stick. And he says, I want to see you tonight. You're a mystery to me, Kabuki girl. I don't know how people interpret this. I don't know if this is aged well. It just stuck out to me as being fucking weird. Uh, Marriage is another one of the best songs of this album. Uh, and the ending of it is just awesome. Rob, what do you think of this record? So uh, um, I respect how, like this is like one of the original, like very first like punk bands. And um, this is a band that I've come back to a lot uh, throughout time. Like Silly Girl is one of my all time favorite songs. Like uh, once a year, I go go on a, a, a spree where I listen to that song and repeat for for an hour and a half or something like I fucking love silly girl I love uh clean sheets I love there's a handful of descendant songs that I think are among the best songs ever written uh so yeah I but yes I read a review recently that uh their album summary is uh is when this band started getting some popularity because as some guy said you know they trimmed down uh, a bunch of the excess to just concentrate on the hits or whatever see to me this band is kind of a fucking mess uh but when they hit it they fucking hit it and i love it like i love suburban home i love hope i love bikeage hope was uh covered by sublime that that's a good cover um you know to me that's like talent recognizing talent or something i don't know how to how else to ex explain it but um yeah when this band hits it they hit it uh and it's not i'm you know they're all good at their instruments like this is technical stuff for a punk band and they're one of the first fucking punk bands and it's 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 no mystery to me that these guys were super influential and uh yeah so uh not my favorite but good for them uh that's it i i just i love the i would love to play with with a band like this play a show with a band like this is the kind of music i love at, at this point in my life i'm into this i'm into the the hardcore punk the hardcore metal i'm, I'm into all of it i love dirtier the better uh song i'm not a punk is some of my favorite singing on the on the record it, that song specifically should really be famous it's one of the best songs here so catalina uh i do like the talking singing combination there was part of it, it uh there were some of the songs in on uh, do or die had done that which i'm a big fan of um and i wouldn't be surprised if the spoken part towards the end of that was created on the spot uh he's talking about uh fishing or whatever he's talking about there is looking for tape something broke I, I wouldn't be surprised if that whole thing was just like ad-libbed right on the spot jomo what do you think of this record bro so I, i'm gonna keep it simple i i got into the descendants um let's see during the all album 
uh, I think that was 87. I fucking, I, I thought they're pretty good, man. And I uh, going back on this, like I, I love the California, like uh rock surfer punk kind of scene. And I, I like the tempo of this album. I like everything about it. However, I'm going to call out Jeff. So I'm not a loser is we need to review the lyrics and I need the LGBT community to, to cancel the descendants. That's all I'm going to say. They nice. they legit won't play it live. I, I guess like, <laughs> like they like change the lyrics. Yeah, they, they, they talk about it. They, they talk about it in filmage, but like uh, they they legit change the lyrics, but the, but the crowd would still sing it back to them. Yeah, they're like, yeah, yeah we're, we're we're not playing it anymore. So, but again, it, this album came out forty years ago. That, so. That's like yeah, if, right. if Wu Tang played at Breckenridge and they were saying nothing but the <laughs> N word, and then the kids are like, I don't know, should we say it? I don't know. Well, dude, I paid eighty five bucks for these tickets, bro. You better sing. Let's go, Chad. All right. All right. Let's read some YouTube comments. Uh, gets better every time. I love this record. Uh, that's me. I love this record. That was me. Uh, if there was a perfect punk album, this would be in the running. Next one says, no, no. one will have the sound that the, that Descendants had. Next one says, I'm 44, and this will never get old like me. Ooh. That's true. Uh, except for that one song that no one, everyone's distancing themselves from. I bought this album back in 1985. Each and every song kicks ass. Yeah, I love it. It's good. I, I hate bloat, and there's no bloat here. It's fucking great. Anyone else want to say anything about Milo? Yeah, so, three things. One, check out Filmage. It's awesome. Two, I happen to know a drummer, Jack, that's really into this. If you want to play music like this, uh, I'm your guy. And then three, I forgot what I was going to say for number three, but it was probably really funny. But that's all I got. So, uh, nice. I love it. Dude, what was I going to say? I don't remember. Go. Well, well, well you have I, this I think I know what, I think I know what Jeff was going to say, though. Um, Je Jeff yeah, had something on his mind. Don't it, it, quote me if I'm wrong, Jeff. But what's on your mind is uh, Meatspin.com is sponsoring yes. this episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is that's it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Oh right. yeah, yeah. I was going to say. Um, clearly, everyone talks about like the different stages of Tom DeLonge's voice. You yeah. can tell on like the Dude Ranch Cheshire Cat era. This is clearly what he was trying to sound like, and that's why it was my favorite records. But like, way too long. Mm -hmm. that's what I was gonna say. But yes, Meat Spin, M E A T. <laughs> go go there, buy our merch. Uh, <laughs> Jeff, did you say you have this tattoo or no? I do. I got it in a living room. It was not professional at all. Also, a picture of it. it. It has not held up as well as this album has. But I do have a, a tattoo of this. Uh, Jomo. Yomo, do you know that Jeff has a tattoo that somebody gave them while they were blacked out? <laughs> oh yeah, Dude, it was it was four it was four a.m. We were in it was after a Halloween party, so we were all dressed as Halloween characters, uh, like Halloween costumes. I was dressed as, as Andrew WK, and oh, my no, friend I... legit couldn't even open his eyes, and I had him tattoo me. And it, yeah, whatever. It's a it's a memory. <laughs> I got. I don't even that. drink. I got okay, cool. to see that shit. <laughs> uh, Jomo, uh, and did you, who's who's the person in your in your in the room with you right now? They're they're oh fucking Mike Mike. Well, he's kind yeah, of pissed Mike. because I I didn't hold on. Hey, what's up, kid? <laughs> oh, nothing. I was just saying hi. I <laughs> go fuck your mother. Okay. All right, ready to move on, dude. Yeah. He he's pissed. He's angry. All right, well, there's only one left. Oh, that's rancid. Great. Was talking about this the Falcon cover art that was like an homage to In Out Come the, the Wolves. However, I didn't realize that that 
is an homage to Minor Threat, which we'll get to in a second. And Out Come the Wolves is a 19-track record released in 1995, coming just under 50 minutes long. It's the band's third studio album, reaching number 45 on the U.S. Billboard 200 chart, and contains the singles Roots Radicals, Time Bomb, and Ruby Soho. The record's title is taken from a poem in Jim Carroll's The Basketball Diaries. Carroll himself speaks it in the song uh, Junkie Man. I looked out on the big field, it opens like the cover of an old Bible, and out come the wolves, their paws trampling the snow, the alphabet, I stand on my head and watch it all go away. The title is also a reference to Rancid becoming the subject of a major label bidding war that ended with the band staying on Epitaph. Cover art is a tribute to Minor Threat's debut EP that originally used the image of Alec, Alec McKay with his head on his knees on the steps of the of the Wilson Center. The album was recorded mainly between February and May 1995 in Fantasy Studios in Berkeley, California, as well as the G as the Jimmy, excuse me, as well as Jimi Hendrix's Electric Lady Studios in New York City. This was the first time Rancid recorded at more than one studio. Along with Bad Religion's Stranger Than Fiction, Green Day's Dookie, and The Offspring's Smash, and Out Come the Wolves helped revive mainstream interest in punk rock in the mid-1990s and signaled the initial rise of mainstream punk rock. With a sound heavily influenced by ska, Rancid became one of the few bands of the boom in punk rock to retain much of its original fan base. To coincide with its 20th anniversary, Rancid performed the album live in its entirety on their 2015 to 2016 Honor Is All We Know World Tour, and Outcome the Wolves has been certified platinum. I didn't realize how popular this band was. They probably have sold more copies than everybody here. Um, this record is packed with songs, a goldmine of potential singles. Um, and at this point, I feel like this band is firing on all cylinders. Uh, but I think this record is too long. I think it's too long uh, track-wise, and I think it's too long lengthwise. And there, there are multiple times on this album where songs make me think of other songs on the record. Uh, it's probably because a lot of them are in the same key, and they're probably all written around the same time, so it's not really surprising. But there's definitely times where I'm listening to a verse of one thing, and I'm thinking of the chorus that it's going to go into the chorus of another song. Bass sounds amazing on this. I know that this people talk about it a lot in the comments. It's well known that the bass. On this record is is crazy um there's like three different styles of music on this album there's like regular punk there's like pop punk and ska and i'm pretty sure this band has two lead singers uh that are alternating because there's definitely two distinctly different uh, vocals that i'm hearing yeah, um, and i both 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 guitar players sing on this okay they do i definitely like one more than the other i don't know yeah. who's who but one I'll, of them I'll, I'll get there i'll get there on my thing. okay all right <laughs> oh uh rob you want to talk about this first yeah this is my favorite this week um so like one of the measurements is like how much do i think about these these albums when i'm not listening to it so like when i was at school this week i was thinking about this band a lot i fucking love this album it was catchy it was in my head of uh most of the week uh favorite tracks are 11th hour uh time bomb uh ruby soho uh, yeah, uh, like, I don't know if, it, how do I say this? Again, like, same as uh, Bouncing Souls. This album makes me fucking feel good. It makes me feel happy. It makes me want to dance. Uh, I actually, and people might make fun of me for this, I used to go to ska shows. I feel like ska is the most disliked form of music that gets the most, like, the worst jokes and, like, what are you fucking lame? But, like, <laughs> at ska shows, I never once got punched in the face. None of my teeth got knocked out. Like, people dance, and it was a good fucking time. And 
and like i can't believe i never heard this album until this week uh i think because everyone i know hates ska but like <laughs> i i would have fucking loved this album like if i had heard it earlier well i still love it but like i don't know so big fan number one album for me that's it so this song, this record has huge hits, right? Time Bomb has to be one of the biggest hits that the band has had. Everybody knows that it's a classic. Roots Radicals, uh, that's a song specifically that the chorus was stuck in my head for quite a while this week. Not surprised that it was a single. Uh, the 11th Hour, banger of a song. So I've mentioned there's different kind of styles of music going on here. The 11th Hour is closer to the Time Bomb feel than it is to uh, Maxwell Murder. Uh, and Maxwell Murder opens his record. It's one of my favorites. Uh, how it wasn't a single, we'll never know. It's a great opener. Ba oh, the bass solo in that song is really long, and I love it. Uh, and uh, I just want more of it throughout this album. Song on here, Olympia, Washington. Uh, I always think that that song is going to go into the chorus of Ruby Soho. It's a great song. Uh, and that song also could have put another single mother through college. Jomo, what do you think of this record? Okay, not a bad record. Um... But I'm going to keep mine short and sweet. If there's one adjective to describe the band Rancid, it would be this word. Pretentious. That's all I got to say. Yeah. Damn, I thought... All right, fuck. <laughs> I, I thought you were going to rip them a new asshole. That's what I was expecting. Uh, that's my uh, that's my asshole ripping. Get my care. I mean, Get my care. I mean... <sighs> oh, there's a song on here, Journey to the End of the East Bay, which is a song, another song that should have been a single. Um, I can see the song Killing Live and that song... Should have closed this record it, it would have been a perfect way to end it uh it didn't but it should ruby soho that is very if if someone told me that ruby soho is not the biggest hit that this band has ever had i would be surprised it's classic everybody knows it um and whoever's singing the verses is the guy who i'm not the biggest fan of uh listed mia is one that i constantly think is going to the chorus of roots radicals uh junkie man so how cool is it right to be inspired by someone uh, and then having them appear in your work so jim carroll reads his poem on the song um and uh it mixes with the music really well uh, the song on here lock lockstep and gone uh the verse of the song is one of my favorite parts of the entire album and that is one song that i want to see live i would love to see this whole record play live uh jeff what do you think of this album it's funny that you say that they, uh, for the whatever anniversary, that they played this album from front to back. Because if you go see them live, they still play every song on this record. It's just not in order. Uh, so I admit that I got into Rancid super late in life uh, because I wrote them off. Because in high school, all the hippies really liked them. So I figured they weren't for me. Uh, I kicked myself for that afterwards. Uh, as we already said, it's widely regarded as one of the greatest punk albums of all time kind of stole my thunder with the whole um, floodgates of, of every record label wanting them. I was going to say that. That's what the name came from. There's actually, uh, I read in like an article, I mean, believe it if you want to believe it, that record labels wanted them so bad that like even Madonna sent nudes of herself to them trying to get them to come to their come come to her record label. Wow. Um, so believe that if you want. But they ended up sticking with their friends in Epitaph, which is awesome. Uh, it was produced by Jerry Finn, which he does everything. Obviously, Matt Freeman is the bass player that, you know, he fucks. We get it. Uh, Funzo covers Roots Radicals. Time Bomb is Time Bomb. So so Tim's voice. Okay. Tim is the guitar player who, at this point, they, they don't even plug in his guitar anymore. Just look him up. He's losing his mind. He's the dude who's, uh, he, he was in Operation Ivy. He um, is the dude whose voice you don't like. Then there's Lars Fredrickerson. We'll say positive about this Lars as opposed to the other Lars that we discussed on this. How um, fucking dare you? Um, so, uh, yeah, so Lars Fredrickson is the dude who sings that, uh, you like, uh, in the song Olympia, Washington, I swear that he always sings about the porn house, but he sings about the fun house instead, which I guess is the same thing. 
Um, the CD, the CD I had of this used to skip real bad during Olympia, Washington. So now, whenever I stream it or hear it anywhere else, I like prepare myself for the skip, and it's never mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I had a record that did that. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, Lockstep and Gone is one of my favorites of the whole week. Um, Listed MIA is always stuck in my head. First time I heard Ruby Soho, it was such like a hit. I figured it was actually a cover, but it's not. Whenever I leave my house anywhere and and my wife asks me where I'm going, I always say uh, Journey to the End of the East Bay, so I'm pretty annoying with that. The song Journey to the End of the East Bay is about Matt and Tim, or yeah, Matt and Tim's old band, Operation Ivy, like I said. Um, I love the line, this ain't a mecha man, this place is fucked. Uh, Old Friend isn't my favorite, but a lot of people love it. And then uh, Avenues and Alleyways is my favorite song by Rancid. It needs to be preserved and shown in colleges. And uh, yeah, there's more there's more Rancid albums, but yeah, it's there you go. Nice. So yeah, Avenues and Alleyways is a great song that's like hidden towards the end of this record. I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of people haven't heard it. Uh, Old Friend, I feel like that song, it was originally written to be stripped down and then they changed it to a full band. I wouldn't be su- t- surprised if there's an acoustic version floating around somewhere. Uh, she's Automatic, I can see... Um, I could see that song being a, being a single because I could see people loving that song. It's not my favorite, but it's one of those that I can understand that it, it could be somebody's favorite. Uh, Disorder and Disarray is another one that I want to see live. I'm going to see it absolutely slaying a show. Uh, the, the War's End is a song that I love. It's one of my favorites on this album. Uh, bass kills it. Song is catchy as hell and it's less than two minutes. That's, that's the recipe for just giving me, bringing me from six to 12. Uh, as Wicked's great song, make it a single, make a million dollars from it. And lastly, The Way I Feel. Guitar tears it up. It closes the record fine, but again, I think Journey to the End uh, would fit right after that. So just, just adjust it a little bit and... I think it'll, it, you, you could you could kind of give it that extra oomph uh, towards the end. Uh, let's read some YouTube comments. A punk rock masterpiece. No duds on this album. Pure awesome from start to finish. Playing this loud today in honor of a fellow Rancid fan who passed away last weekend. Rest in peace, Joshua. Such a quality album. No bad tracks. Just awesome music that makes you want to sing along and pogo like a teenager. Uh, and of course, the best bass lines in punk. 42 and still punk. Still one of the greatest albums. I bought it the day it came out and lastly how can anyone dislike this every sing- every song on here is amazing it's a banger of a record um i was very surprised just to see how popular these guys were uh, does anybody else want to say anything more about and out come the wolves before we wrap everything up no do you think that getting nudes of madonna would would sway you to join a record label I was going to actually, I meant to bring that up. Where was Madonna in 1995, 1994? In her prime still? Probably no, not. Wasn't was, her prime like 1984? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Like if a 50-year-old woman is sending you nudes, it's like, eh, is that really doing anything? No. Plus nowadays, I guess it doesn't really count because you can just take your safe search off and like literally type in anyone's name and there's nudes. Vag rejuvenation, bro. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, Jeff, anything else? Oh, it's okay. the week. M-E-A-T. S P I N. Sponsors for this week. Who, who's sponsoring us next week, uh, Jomo? Yo, it's gonna be uh, Perrier Water. They're sponsoring our episode on Napalm Death. Nice, oh, nice. Let's do it. All right, well, let's do it. Let's it, do it. It was a pleasure, gentlemen. Take care. Thanks for listening. Have a good week. Mm-hmm.